Hello, blisters. This is Trevor here, and this is something new. So if you're joining us for the first time, hopefully you know that we do a bi-weekly retro video game podcast where me and my co-host Johnny just sit down, play a game together from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and then we review it and tell you how it holds up. But on the off weeks when there's not a retro blist, we want to give people something to listen to, something to... Um, annoy their auditory senses. So Johnny does his Retro Herald mini-episodes, which you've heard quite a few of by now. And we decided sometimes I would do uh, my own little mini-episode. It was actually Johnny's idea, so blame him. And we're going to call it Trevor's Obsessions. Johnny just popped that name out, and I have to admit it's kind of perfect. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Stay tuned for a full Retro Blist episode, but here's a Trevor's Obsessions episode to hold you over. So what is this going to be? Well, kind of like Johnny's Retro Herald mini-episodes, it's just going to be one of us, one of your Retro Blist pair, doing a shortened, small episode. Whereas Johnny focuses on sort of more modern uh, gaming news, kind of just topics in gaming he wants to talk about. What I'm going to do is a little different, so it may be interesting to some of you. Some of you may want to just tune out, but I'm basically going to just cover one of my current obsessions. As Johnny put it to me when he came up with the idea that it could be whatever I'm obsessed about that week. Because Johnny's known me a long time, and uh, if anything, I can be a little bit obsessive. So if we're used to hearing Johnny, you know, he has a lot of charisma or as I like to call it, charisma. Um, I wouldn't say I have that same charisma. I'm quite dry, and uh, I like to think Johnny and myself balance each other out, but <sighs> without Johnny here, you might just hear a lot of dead silence. Kind of like that. Um, So, let's just kick it off. Trevor's obsessions. What am I obsessed about right now? Well... Before that, I thought maybe it would make sense to fill you in on a little bit of my background that you don't care about. But if you've listened to RetroBlist any time at all, you probably know I'm a little bit of an obsessive personality. You know, Johnny gives me a hard time for talking about Donkey Kong Country because I definitely fixated on that for quite some time. Uh, Sometimes I'm fixated on Zelda. But there's other things I fixate on that aren't necessarily video games. And so these Trevor's Obsessions episodes might cover some of those things. And uh, hopefully you won't find it too boring. So, uh, I guess to give you a little insight into my twisted world, I have never been diagnosed, and so I hesitate to even throw terms around. But I think there's pretty clear evidence I probably could have been diagnosed somewhere on the autism spectrum uh, as a kid. I hate to even use that word because I know some people just fight every day to live a normal, normal to them life, the kind of life they want to live, you know, struggling with autism. And if I'm on that spectrum, it's on the very, very high functioning end. If anything, it's just a mild annoyance. You know, I've always fixated on things, um, you know, but I've been able to work through things and live a pretty normal life. Though Johnny is my friend, so I don't know. Normal's a strong word. Um... But, for better or worse, (laughs) 
the things I fixate on, I've, I've had to realize as an adult that other people just aren't necessarily as interested as I am. Um, for example, we recently covered Earthbound on the uh, podcast, on the main Retro Bliss podcast. And Johnny loved the game um, almost as much as I did, I think. But I've just been obsessing about it. <laughs> I've been fixated on it, frankly, ever since we did that episode a couple weeks ago. Several weeks ago at this point. Um, I bought toys from Japan. I've just, I don't know, I can't quit thinking about Earthbound. Um, I've basically go through cycles, though. And so, I thought what I would do for my first episode, since I said this isn't necessarily going to be all about video games, I thought I would just kick right into it and give you an episode about an obsession that I've had on and off, but more on than off, for, oh gosh... 15 years, I'm going to say, give or take a year. And that is board games. I know. To some of you, that sounds awfully boring. They're all called board games, after all. Ha, ha, ha. But I just thought I would spend... Gosh, Johnny's going to hate me if I go too long. I'm not going to try to spend long. Maybe 10 minutes just talking to you about what it is that would make a person in their mid-30s, such as myself who loves video games, who has an obsession with retro video games, equally love, and I would say it is equal, equally love these tabletop board games. I mean, what are we talking about? Monopoly? Aggravation? Uno? Uh, Not exactly. Um, And I just, I'm going to tell you why. What would make somebody like me give up all these other, you know, movies and and video games and all these other entertainment mediums? You know, the parties with the thumpity thumps and the sports games with the foosballs. Why would I want to sit at a table and play a board game when there's all those things? And so, uh, let me try to explain in this episode of Trevor's Obsessions. Chris, I hope that's where you played the music. I hope I get music. Johnny gets music. That would be cool if I get music. So, board games. You know, um, I would say board games are one of my big three hobbies. I have the retro video game wall. You know, we record about video games here in the podcast. Um, I'm not really obsessed with modern games. I've kind of not in that scene too much. But retro games are an obsession that has sort of just stuck with me. Although they weren't retro, obviously, at one point. Um... Another obsession, oddly enough, is Lego. You've probably heard me mention that on the show. And um, the other one is board games. So those are really the big three that have stuck with me. And I'll probably talk about all of them in various ways. Maybe I'll get into some of my specific board games or types of games. I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll see what works with this format at a later episode. But this time, I just want to keep it general and keep it brief. As Johnny would say if he were here, keep it underwear. And uh, tell you what it is that makes board games special to me. So I'm sitting in the Shire right now. Not the shower, the Shire. That's what I call my basement, because why not? And um, I'm just surrounded by board games. Board games take up a lot more space than video games, so although I probably don't have more board games than video games, they take up a whole lot more room. Um, if you were to head to BoardGameGeek.com, which is a website that records 
pretty much every board game ever made, from the thousands, I'm exaggerating slightly, versions of Monopoly to the most complex war game you can imagine. It's all on BoardGameGeek.com. And according to that website, I have some... Oh, well, let's just see here. I'm going to just be honest. It actually catalogs your collection, and as I get a game, I try to add it on there. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, <clears throat> it's a little higher than I thought. <clears throat> so according to BoardGameGeek.com, I own some 480 titles. Board games. I'm giving a moment for that to sink in. Now, to try to back that up a little bit, so I don't I seem slightly less insane. Um, that does include expansions. You know, sort of like your modern Battlefield or Call of Duty has your expansions. Some board games have expansions too. So, for example, I have a Lord of the Rings card game, and I have 15 expansions for it. So each of those count as a separate game. And, of course, there's a bunch of little games and card games in there. But if I'm being honest, I still probably have, in the neighborhood of 300 to 350 unique full-sized games, not counting all the expansions. It's insane. It's, it's too much. Um, and in recent years, I've tried to be more careful about the games I get. But like I told you, somewhere on the autism spectrum, probably. And for a good few years, I've really hardcore fixated on board games. Um, but hey, let me tell you why. So what I love about board games, and this is sort of something that video games can offer, but I have a, a little short list here. One of the things that video games can offer, but in my opinion, modern games don't very well, but board games almost universally do, and that is they're a social hobby. They're a social activity. Board games for me are a really good excuse to spend time face-to-face with people that I care about. Bottom line. But, again, somewhat of an introvert, somewhat of a, a autistic, uh, uh, what's the word? Oh, lobster. Yes. Where did that come from? Okay, I sound really weird now. I think my wife called me that one time. I don't remember why. I should remember to take my pills. Anyways, back to reality. Um, as someone who's not always the best with small talk, with chit-chat, I love that board games provide a structure to my socializing. They are definitely a social activity, but they provide a structure. And to me, that is awesome. And I know there's a lot of people who would love board gaming for that reason because they want to be around people. They don't want to be stuck in the room playing Fortnite and and Warcraft and Minecraft and whatever craft the kids are playing these days. They want to be with people, but they don't always necessarily know what to say or they find silence awkward, you know, whatever it is. Board games provide a structure to socialize and video games just don't really focus on that anymore. Everyone goes to their own little room and turns the lights off and puts the headset on. And I don't know. I just, I think old school games like from the N64 era, especially did allow that face-to-face interaction, but board games to me, modern hobby board games have really taken up that mantle. Um, and that brings me to a second point. They just provide so many different experiences. Now, if the last time you played a board game, it was, you know, Monopoly or, or uh, uh, Chess or Checkers, you probably maybe don't know that there are literally 
thousands and thousands of board games. There's over a thousand board games that came out this year alone, believe it or not. They're not all good, but still. There's an incredible explosion of these modern board games. And if you're into something, you can probably find a board game that goes along with it. You know, don't get too freaky now, but... Um, that being said, some board games have themes that might seem really boring. One of my favorite games is about farming. It's called Agricola. And it's a really strategic, heavy game, but it's about farming. But I love that, you know? I love Harvest Moon. But there's also games about, you know, slaying dragons. And, um, I have two different Star Trek games. I have probably half a dozen Lord of the Rings games. I have games about, uh, uh, traveling in trains across the world, um, building kingdoms, uh, destroying a city rampage style. In fact, it's called rampage. Um, a little copyright infringement there. Probably. I have a game about making pizzas. I mean, <laughs> there's just a game about everything and they provide that experience much in the same way that video games do. And my next point is that board games require you to be present. Sorry. My nose stopped up present. In other words, watching TV is a pretty passive activity. Video games are not as passive, but board games are sort of that next step. They really require you to be present in the moment, to put the phones down, to turn your brain on just a little bit, and to be present. And that's that's all I'm going to say about that. They also provide a feeling of accomplishment, um, sort of in the way I think that a real good classic video game does. A good board game provides a sense of accomplishment. I mentioned the farming game earlier. And when I finish and I have my little pig farm and my cows and the sheep have mated, made a baby sheep. Um, sorry, that's a little weird. Uh, but I've got good crops and my fences are good. And it might sound really boring, but when I see my board, you know, my actual physical board at the end of the game, it's really satisfying to me. So that feeling of accomplishment, I would say, is one thing that really draws me to modern tabletop board games. And then, uh, another point is that they're just pretty. (laughs) Not all games, but there's a lot of games that really tap into that love of art and just of holding toys in your hand, basically. I mean, we've got games that are as simple as uh, laying cardboard tiles out to create a field or, or a forest. But then you've got games that have really detailed plastic pieces You know, you might be um, going through a dungeon and flipping a tile over and finding uh, a trap. You know, you might be running away from a boulder, Indiana Jones style, with an actual plastic boulder. Um, You know, they have a game called The Adventurers, where that's exactly what you're doing. Um, So they just really are a visual medium and a tactile medium, and I just love that. It's like got the art side that we love from video games, but also this this tactile side that is... um, I think, kind of unique to board games. And my last point, sorry, this is probably boring to most of you. I do apologize, but not really. You're not paying anything to listen to this. If you are, you're doing it wrong. But board games are low-tech. That's my final point. I think, I know, actually, I'm not alone. Um, I'm kind of getting tired of being connected all the time to the internet. And I'm a hypocrite because I love it, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it all the time. But I'm also getting tired of it. In my job right now, I have my personal phone. Everybody has their, their personal phone, a smartphone, you know, iPhone or whatever. I've got that. Then I have my work phone. That's just for 
work. Then I've got um, my iPad, which is for work, that I'm required to carry at all times. So I've got three devices with me at all times. And sometimes, kid you not, both my phones are going and my iPad's dinging off with emails. And it makes me want to do things I can't say on a family-friendly podcast. But board games, for the most part, are very low-tech. And I love that. Now, even board games, my precious board games, are starting to uh, enter the high-tech world. There's board games that have apps that assist you. And I'm sure they're great and wonderful. But I'll be honest, I would just prefer to keep my board games low-tech. I love them that way. And for the most part, if you pick up a board game, it's going to have carbo... There we go. There's a retro bliss moment. Can't speak. Cardboard, wood, maybe some plastic. That's all you're going to get, and I love that. Um, so, yeah. So, to summarize, children, students, Trevor is obsessed about board games because they are social. They give structure to your face-to-face time. They provide a myriad of experiences. They require you to be present in the moment. They provide a feeling of accomplishment, win or lose. They are a pretty and tactile visual medium, and they are decidedly low-tech. Whew! There's a general overview. And, uh, you know, I probably should have started with this, but just real quick, if you really don't know what the heck I'm talking about, if you still, you know, haven't really played any games outside of your traditional Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers games, um... These games I'm talking about really sort of started to explode in the late 90s, early 2000s. Settlers of Catan, or just Catan as some people call it, was sort of the first breakout hit from Germany that just kind of exploded across the world. And if you ever played that game, it was so different from, you know, your monopolies and things. But it also kind of felt familiar. And that was sort of the starting point for the popularity of these games. But but now... Um, you know, if you go into your local Walmart, you might see, you'll probably see Sellers of Catan there with the other board games. Ticket to Ride is one you might see, which is a fantastic game. Um, Pandemic, I have seen on shelves at Walmart. Target actually has a great selection. Um, if you live in America, I don't know if Target is a worldwide store or Walmart for that matter. But Target has a great game selection, believe it or not. Um, so these games are getting more popular. Um, I got into them about 15 years ago. And I was by no means an early uh, adopter. But when I got into them, nobody else that I knew had any idea what I was talking about. It was a very lonely obsession for a few years, to be honest. But, you know, my brother and uh, my cousin at the time, well, he's still my cousin, but uh, different people uh, would play them sometimes. And uh, now most of my friends, I think, enjoy them. So it kind of spread like a disease. and And I'm proud of that. But um, I'll probably spend an episode of Trevor's Obsessions at some point talking about um, a couple of specific games that I would recommend. But if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can't go wrong with checking out uh, uh, Ticket to Ride. Uh, Pandemic is a very popular one. Uh, just trying to throw some names out there. Um, Settlers of Catan is a, is a fun one. Um, yeah, there's a couple to get you started. But it is a dangerous hole to get in. Um, But I love it. And, uh, hey, that's been Trevor's Obsessions. Hey, I'm under 20 minutes. Awesome. It'll probably be over 20 by the time Chris adds those sweet, sweet tunes. Chris, I really hope you add some music. Because this is kind of (sighs) boring.
I miss Retro Bliss.